0: Welcome to The Cut Presents In Her Shoes. I'm Lindsay Peoples, Editor-in-Chief of The Cut. I'm taking over this feed and talking to women that we at The Cut love and admire or just find interesting. We'll explore how they found their path, what got in their way, and how they think about bringing others along now that they've arrived. Today, I'm so excited to chat with actress and star of the iconic show Atlanta, Zazie Beetz. We talked about what it takes to go from being a breakout star to established actress, self-care, and avoiding burnout and telling stories beyond Atlanta. Hi, Zazie. Welcome to In Her Shoes. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. Let's start early years. I mean, I know that you, you grew up between Berlin and New York. What was that like and and what prompted your family to move back to the States from Germany? You know, what has that been like for your identity? Do you have a preference between these two cities? I, I just find that fascinating.
1: I feel like there's this like larger narrative that I grew up in Berlin, which I didn't. I grew up in New York, but I was born in Berlin. When I was one, my parents moved to New York. My main residence was New York, but I would go and visit my grandparents in the summers for like two or three months at a time and other holidays as well. So my day-to-day life is New York and then Berlin was sort of this additional life, additional version of me. Um, A lot of my vacation, my sort of escape from my daily sort of existence. And yes, engaging with sort of my other identity. I think because of that, I do have a sort of a strong relationship to the culture and to the language because there was no other option when I was there. And, you know, I spent a lot of alone time with my grandparents. It is interesting because I do inherently obviously feel American. I am American. I am Black and a Black American woman. But in some ways, I am just a person who is made up of two different holes, (laughs) you know, I feel very much like my own unique blend, just as everybody else's with whatever identities they have. And, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, well, you're half this, you're half that, how much of this is that? How much of this is that? But it's, I'm just, I think, a perfect blend of all the things and that created a new juice, which is me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so tell me about the pre Atlanta days in New York. Like, obviously, you were, you know, hustling auditions, trying to figure it out. What was that time like for you?
1: That time, honestly, invigorating and busy and exhausting and exciting. Um, you know, I had just graduated college and for. The first year out of college, I couldn't really work because my my mom had gotten sick. I had to take care of my mom at home, and so there was like a it was a little, little bit of a delay. But then once I was able to kind of get my autonomy uh, a little bit more again, I yeah, I worked in mul- multiple restaurants and was uh, yeah was <laughs> auditioning, and then I long story short ended up getting my agent. And then, you know, I was going on like more, I guess, professional auditions and, and not just sort of things I was able to source and find on my own. And yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, I, I would be taking multiple outfits with me to work in my book bag so that I could change into whatever audition outfit I was doing. And I actually have to say, I really like auditions. I like auditioning. I, I feel honestly quite free in when I get to audition. I learned in college or somebody gave me this perspective of like, you go into an audition and it's your space. Like the space was made for you. So you take it up and you do what you will with it. They want you to succeed. They want to be done casting people. You're their hope and just go for it. So I have always been very front-footed and very like, I come in dressed up. I bring props. Like I... I take up that space <laughs> and I just have fun with it and just like throw it all on the wall and then leave goodbye. And usually I like would try to buy myself a little treat or something as like a reward. So yeah, it was busy. It was wild. And I have to say I was very lucky and, and booked Atlanta,
0: you know, Atlanta has been such a such a joy to watch. I'm such a fan of the show and everything that you all have done. Thank you. I mean, what has it been like as you reflect on it being such a big moment in culture and being part of that?
1: Yeah, it's it's been such a wonderful, interesting ride, you know. That show is forever gonna be in a most sacred space in my heart because that show truly changed my life and we also, all of us, you know, me and Brian, Keith, Donald, uh, Hero, our director, and, you know, producers attached, like, I think we all, going into this, nobody necessarily expected it to have the impact that it did. I know Donald kind of went into it being like, if it gets canceled the first season, that's fine. Like, he just kind of wanted to make something. And, you know, I remember sort of on one of the last days of shooting season one, I told Hero, I was like, wow, right now it's only like hundred of us who know about this show. And pretty soon it's just going to be out in the world and then we'll see what happens. It's not going to be ours anymore. And we had no idea, like, and we were all terrified. And, you know, recently, or not recently, when we were just shooting over the last year, Hero and I were talking about how we were both so scared and like terrified, <laughs> you know, it changed from my perspective, at least, it seems like to change Keith's life and Brian's life and Donald's life. And, you know, so we will always have this bond and we will, I think, always sort of be, I don't know, I'm always going to check in on them and be like, you good? Like, I know we're going through similar things and I know we did it together at the same time. And I, I've, I'll always feel like know you in a different way because of that. But um, yeah, I, I I was quite emotional when we ended the show because it is for me, the ending of uh, an era for sure, but on to new and wonderful other things.
0: I did want to walk through though. I mean, what your character Van is beloved for so many different reasons. And I think so relatable as well. And just how collaborative was the process of developing your character? Did you get to contribute at all? Like, what did you feel, you know, as far as like the development of your character? Because I, I just felt like so many women of color felt like, oh man, like this is how I feel. And, and it gave me the same you know, the same energy that you get from shows where you really feel like this is this is what I've been wanting to feel as far as like wanting to feel seen and heard in shows. And I think mm-hmm. gives you the same level of comfort like when you watch Insecure or when you watch other shows and you feel like, oh, like, there's a ton of TV shows right now, but none of them feel as real or as like close to the the actual real life experience. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts as far as actually, you know, the process of developing your character and what really went into that and, and any input that you had.
1: Yeah. I think initially, you know, van was, so, I mean, the show is like, is written and created by black people for black people, I guess for anybody, but Um, so I think that there is a lot of, a lot of the show is pulled from real situations, real life, real people in like Donald's and Donald's life and Donald's brother, Stephen, who produces and writes on the show as well. And, you know, everybody who Ibra, Stephanie, like all our writers and the people who are working on it creatively. So I think that there is realism there because it's pulled from life. And I think what's funny is that the black experience is absurd and it's wild. And and I think it's just kind of being documented on television in an honest way and in a non-judgmental way. And I think it's interesting to see like people react being like, well, that wouldn't happen. But, you know, even the, the episode like where in season one, where I am using my daughter's urine for the. Yes these drug tests like i have had so many people women black women come up to me and be like i did that <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like yeah it's funny and it seems like what well, but it's but it's cuz it's just real real yes and it just happens to also feel sort of absurd and a bit surreal but i think that's just the black experience in america um and i think that you know so initially season 1 i think that was mostly kind of them sort of really shaping Van and who she was. But also, you know, I think ultimately you hire an actor because some energy will provide a flavor. And I think my energy definitely made Van a bit more, a little (laughs) (laughs) boho-y, a little bit more, I guess, earthy. But uh, in the sort of subsequent seasons is when, as they got to know me, Donald and the rest of the team, you know, they started writing in more elements of who I was like, you know, the Helen episode where we're going to this German Austrian thing and having that experience. And, uh, even in sort of season three and season four, which I'm not really going to get into, but some of the experiences that van has are definite mirrors. I think of experiences we've all had, but, uh, I know are very, I felt very close to Because they were direct reflections of emotions and feelings I have about life and whatnot.
0: No, that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
0: Switching gears, I mean, what was it like to transition from, you know, being on Atlanta to Deadpool? I mean, obviously Marvel is such a, its own, you know, little corner of the universe. Mm-hmm. Walk me through, you know, what was that even like? I think obviously a very different genre, but I think, you know, comes with a lot of different pressures, um, a different approach. Um, what what was the thinking behind that and what was that process like for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I think so. I think this was in a, a time in my life, right, where like, I guess everything felt so big and new and wild. I mean, it still does, uh, and I still think that there's so many places for me to grow and places where I am still new at it and things that I am still hoping to to do. And so, there's still a lot of things that kind of terrify me. But I, in that in that moment, you know, when I started Atlanta, I was just mortified of failing and of being bad and of not you know, having earned or deserved this. And I think going into Deadpool, it was just like a different, it, you know, that was a, a bigger budget, a different thing. And, um, yeah, also the comedy element, you know, I, I don't consider myself a comedian at all. That's not my strength. I am not a comedian. And so to be doing comedy, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> you know? And so, but, um, I was scared. You know, I will say though, that like everybody on that set was so kind, so warm, so professional. And really uh, Ryan did such a good job, I think of guiding and helping us. And, but I will say like, what was so nice was, um, it was a very ego less set. And I think everybody, you know, like Ryan is like the most professional, like first one there, last one, last one to leave and just, so warm and so that really helped with like um you know me having my internal war <laughs> but having people around me that were like okay and confident and and wanting to support and wanting to make it all you know feel good yeah so that that was really good and i feel lucky that that was my introduction and you know facing that fear and now because i've had to face that fear multiple times i'm a lot more <sighs> I'm more relaxed and less panicked <laughs> when I go to sets and stuff. And that's just, yeah, exposure and leaning into the fear and and trying not to self-sabotage and whatnot. But yeah, it was totally a transition. But Atlanta was also a transition. Let me tell you, going into that was not a cakewalk. I was like, the weekend before I, I left, I remember for season one, I had like a full-on meltdown because I was like, I what am what am I doing like I I don't I'm not good enough for this and like you know my partner remember he was kind of laughing cuz I was freaking out and <laughs> he was like you're going to be fine but you know it was really
0: yeah all of it did you feel like, though, those roles really then helped you to then, you know, continue to branch out into other things? I mean, harder they fall is also such a different turn. Did you feel like, you know, because you made those those leaps of faith that it kind of set you in a place where you felt like I can, you know, go in different directions and I don't have to be, you know, pigeonholed into one thing and I can just go and try some different things. out? There?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think I'm always trying to push The boundary of what is expected of me or the energy people expect for me to give because I want to be able to grow and expand in my career and who I am now is who I'm not going to be in 20 years and so I want to set that tone already like I am somebody right now but I can change and I will change and so I don't want to get caught up in one identity. And then when I grow out of that identity, I can't work anymore, if that makes sense. Like I would love to keep working until I'm 80 when hopefully I'm a grandmother and have a totally different life experience. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm only doing action movies, that's maybe not going to work then or something like that. I suppose I feel sort of leaning into things that make you scared. Also, as you realize, like, oh, I can have all these feelings, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna knock me over, and I'm gonna learn to work and cope with them. And how can I cope with them? And what does that mean? And you know, one thing for me, for example, I remember, I remember very much in Atlanta, this was a big thing. I was like, okay, I know a lot of times that I feel like I did badly in a scene. I like to go introvert, like I like to go inside. I don't want to really. Um, Then I feel like I can't communicate with people because in my head, I'm like, they just think I'm terrible. They just think I'm bad. They think I'm not, you know, why they think I shouldn't have even gotten this role. But I was like, I have to actively push against that instinct and be like, I am still deserving of eye contact. I am still deserving of connection and I'm going to move on. And even if I I did my best in the scene, that was the best I could do at that moment, given the entire universal context, that's what was given. And so let's move on. And so I really needed to train myself to like, not to close myself off and to remain open and sort of leaving myself vulnerable has allowed me in other projects to keep that mindset as well, I suppose.
0: Right. I mean, we do have to talk about the fight scene with Regina King, though, because I was just like, this is the best thing ever. Mm so amazing and i i mean it was i don't know i it's hard to describe because i think we don't get many of those action scenes between black women anymore and so i think it was just exciting and thrilling and and i I watched it over and over again Mm. um walk us through the process of creating that and shooting it and, and what was that like
1: yeah you know um I think Regina and I had, I think, a really lovely relationship on set. And, you know, it was a during, we shot this during COVID. And so we, it was sometimes hard to like try and get like rehearsals and stuff in because, you know, everybody was trying to be, you know, just trying to have distance and to not spend too much time together. And so Regina and I had to kind of like figure out ways to times to like rehearse and, you know, we would do it all masked. Yeah, but we really wanted it to look good. And so we, we put in that time. And I think, I think her last day of shooting was actually on the last day we shot the fight uh, because it took a couple of days to shoot. And so it felt like this really like sort of lovely sort of girl power moment um, to end, to end on that note. And us, us coming head to head but ultimately as Regina and Zassi sort of connecting and and creating this bond uh through through this through this fight we had I suppose
0: oh, I love that do you feel like now that you've done all these different genres and um you know had all these different experiences that obviously have really just helped you continue to find who you are and what you want to do as a creative person do you feel like it's giving you the freedom to be a little bit more selective about what you do and to, you know, not feel the pressures of having to be everywhere. I think there's, there's so much now. um, And I think just in, in being a public figure that it feels like everyone is on every social media channel. It feels like everyone has to be everywhere. Do you feel like those experiences have helped you really, you know, hone in and and feel like you can be selective and still have your own process and your own creativity outside of it. And, and really, you know, be more selective on the things that you are doing.
1: Yes. I see people on social media doing all kinds of stuff all the time. And of course you wonder like, should I be doing more or less or what's right? What's not right? What feels good versus what should feel good, what shouldn't feel good. Like sure. It's like fun to I don't know, post on Instagram, but then I try to take a step back and be like, why is it fun? Is it because I'm looking for validation? Like, like, I think there's like a a difference between what feels like candy and what is actually good for me. So it's sort of in response to that in terms of the social media. So I actively, like, I don't have a Twitter because I, I know I would sp- spend time on it and I would scroll and I see already how much time Instagram takes up in my life. And to the point where I delete it off my phone for a few months, months at a time, because I'm like, I can't, I don't have the capacity to resist it if it's on my phone, um, because of how it is programmed.
0: I delete it very often.
1: Right. And so, yes, I can be more selective and I have, always felt like, you know, who do I want to be in this world? Who do I want to be in this space? And um, I often actually feel very guilty for saying no. It's like hard to say no and to feel like, am I disappointing my team? Am I disappointing other people? Am I disappointing? Maybe I really want to work with this director, but this project doesn't resonate with me. When's the next time I would maybe have an opportunity to work with them? Or And I think finding that balance of like doing – bigger studio projects that are perhaps broader, but that you also still feel passionate about, right? Like I I really don't want to, I really don't want to be doing stuff I don't like, like to have to do press for that is exhausting. It's agonizing actually, because it's an agony to have to promote something you don't, you don't feel in your soul. My rule of thumb is: if I wouldn't watch it, I don't want to do it, right? And th- that's where I, I'm at right now. That can also change, right? Like I'm 30; who knows with how you know how Hollywood reacts to women getting older, right? That can change. So that's where I'm at now. But I what am I talking about? Well,
0: this this is a good segue into question though because when you say you only want to do stuff that you want to watch I mean what what are you working on as a writer and producer in general it's funny because I feel like some of my most popular things are
1: are like action action films and I don't actually like I don't actually like action films but I like Deadpool do you know what I mean like I like it's like a different take on that genre I think it subverts the genre and is like interesting and fun. And there's a whole personality and story around that, that I really enjoy or like the harder they fall, right? Like to be sort of also subverting this Western thing. So to me, it's, that is less about action and more about it happens to be this fun and interesting thing that is in the genre of action. Right. But like a straight sort of shoot, shoot, bang, bang, I'm not naturally drawn to, right? And so I often get asked, like, what do you love about action movies? And I'm like, I feel like I'm choosing characters that just happen to be in action movies. And it's less about them being action movies, but more about, like, I was really drawn to working with with Ryan Reynolds and the Deadpool character. And I just think Domino is so interesting and like, and then how do they fall? Yeah. To like be rethinking the Western and that was interesting to me and Mary and, and the character of Mary was interesting to me. And so anyway, I feel like I'm just trying to, what am I actually interested in? I am interested in the female body and the female experience in terms of how women are perceived in their sexuality in being a daughter just sort of for me i'm very reflective on my experience as a woman and i am just fascinated by it and so that that's what i'm really interested in i love i love anything around that <laughs> and then also i love things that are sort of an exploration of morality and an exploration of what is right and wrong. So sort of I think like a beautiful example of something I'm super drawn to is a film like The Lost Daughter, which is questioning what is motherhood, what is a good mother, and also the expectation around what you're meant to feel as a mother and the the guilt or the, you know, that you should or shouldn't have. And we have this narrative that like, yes, once you become a mother and nothing else matters, only your children. And like, we forget this is a woman. (laughs) She was a woman first, a human being. Yeah. We put this astronomical expectation on everything you're supposed to think and feel. And, um, and it's just so much more complicated than that. So, I am interested in sort of this psychological exploration of humanity and that there is no good and bad. We're all, we are just humans. We're all trying our best. And that, so that is what I, I'm very drawn to. And that's the wheelhouse I really, me as see, feel at this moment in my life very drawn to and are the kinds of projects I feel like I'm searching for writing with my partner and, or trying to develop. So, yeah.
0: I'm so excited for all, for all of these things. And and so for you thank you so much for taking the time to do this yeah it really
1: um, was a joy to talk I'm so sorry I feel like I ramble so much but
0: no I'm literally so excited for you and I think I mean I can't believe that you're you're like am I good enough whatever you're killing it
1: but I think that I think that's an experience a lot of people have
0: oh yeah
1: 100% you know it's just a part of the, the human condition so yeah well thank you
0: In Her Shoes is hosted by me, Lindsay Peoples. Our producer and editor is Kylie Holloway. Our engineer is Brandon McFarlane. And our executive producer is Hannah Rosen. The Cut is made possible by the excellent team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Lindsay Peoples. Thank you so much for listening.